This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, folks, live today on the Chris Salcedo Show. I'm happy you've tuned in. First off, let, let me just say a word of thanks to not only Michael Pelka, who put in an extra long day yesterday to make sure you guys got our interview with the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, but also to all the folks behind the scenes, uh, former producer Ellie, who stayed, who made her day longer, uh, the folks over at .com for making sure this important interview got got aired. And we'll have some snippets of that today because they're really relevant today. Uh, normally, I would do the flip around. I'm still going to do the flip around, folks, but it's only going to be one channel, and the channel is going to be the Chris Salcedo Show because of the nature of what we're facing. And what we're facing right now is a situation in in Houston where levees are now beginning to fail. Complete catastrophic failure, they fear, is right around the corner. And it is getting nasty. That The storm itself, Harvey is pulling out. Her, Harvey is probably a day from not dropping any more rain in the greater Houston area. The official rainfall totals, folks, are devastating. 49 inches officially breaking a record and it will probably when it's all said and done and everything revised up the biggest areas hit will be 50 plus i have to tell you because of my show in houston i can give you some on the ground information that leading up to this storm there was information out there that was saying there would be 50 inches of rain from this storm and local officials democrats in Houston poo-pooed this as a matter of fact Sylvester Turner the Democrat mayor of of Houston tweeted out ignore unfounded unsourced weather predictions that have needlessly frightened Houstonians get info from trusted outlets Houston OEM at Houston OEM office of emergency management Sylvester Turner, while the governor of the state of Texas was telling folks to get out in Houston, the mayor was saying, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't leave Houston and Moss. Now, subsequently, some folks have said that would have been a recipe for disaster, too. But the coordinated effort from the pro, uh, prone to be flooded areas first could have mitigated the the traffic. And then as rain started to fall on Saturday, they could have started getting more people involved. But those people who are in areas that are known to known to flood were told by the city, stay put. Told by the governor of the state, a Republican, get out. And the very same people who were scoffing and laughing and mocking 50 inches of uh, 50 inches of predicted rain. Well, who's who's deserving of mocking now? The vice president of the United States told us in our interview yesterday, if you want to donate and folks, the, Katrina was a massive disaster. This one's worse. This one's worse, affecting a lot more people. And 
The vice president said, if you want to help and you want to give, he told us this. We've actually got a website, nvoad.org, which lists the national organizations active in disasters, nvoad.org. Or you can just go to redcross.org and make a contribution. Uh, we uh, we spoke to the leadership of Red Cross on Saturday. Uh, they already had hundreds of volunteers uh, on the ground. Uh, these uh, non-government groups and faith-based groups are full partners in these moments. So uh, that's one suggestion. Earlier today, folks, here's part of the flip around. I spoke with a state senator, a Texas state senator, Paul Benton, Court District 7. His district is getting, well, as many districts are, getting inundated by water uh, and rescues. And this is how the interview went. Let's bring in uh, state senator Paul Benton, Court District 7, which is right there, right down there, smack dab in the middle of all the chaos in Houston. Senator, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Chris, thanks for having me, and I want to make a comment about your quarterback Prescott statements. <laughs> you go through what we've gone through down in Houston, you uh, better believe that you better take freedom at the highest level. Uh, let me explain that, folks. Something I led into the, the senator with was Dak Prescott was asked if he ever thought about protesting the national anthem. Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he said, no, you, you just can't take freedom for granted. So he never never crossed his mind to protest our flag, protest our country uh, by kneeling down for the national anthem. And so uh, I said that Dak Prescott was a better American, a better human being, not to mention a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. And that's what the reference was. The freedom should never be something people take for granted. And this community is really pulling together. Now, to your to your point on the on those those subdivisions, uh, Chris, the the it looks like the attic spillway is engaging. And folks for, that don't understand this, this basically is a large earthen dam that was built uh, back in the originally back in the 1940s. It's never seen uh, this type of level in it, and at 108 feet of elevation, the excess water starts going over an armored spillway. And those subdivisions that you named, they're right in the middle of my senatorial district, um, are uh, now taking on water. Now, they're taking on a little bit of water to start. We don't know how, how high the water is going to go. We've just gotten off of extensive uh, uh, press briefings and conference calls. Uh, but, the, uh, but, the, but clearly, we've dealt with a record rainfall and a record damage of, of for a flood, I think anywhere in the United States, my guess is it's going to exceed, you know, well over 10 billion when it's done. Uh, but more importantly, we do have some people in harm's way because those areas will start filling up with water, at least the streets first. And uh, and but the good news, Chris, and you know, God favors the brave and the foolish. And you know, when you go through all of these uh, type of storms. Uh, what happened was last night we finally got relief, and instead of having six inches of rain, uh, we ended up with just about an inch, and then it looks like it's actually breaking now to the west. We've got uh, uh, the the smaller communities in western Harris County are starting to see no rain, and in fact, over the entire Buffalo Bayou watershed right now, there's less than about a tenth of an inch of rain. Uh, per hour that's occurring as as Hurricane Harvey starts to 
uh, move off to the, uh, or I say it's Tropical Storm Harvey, moves off to the northeast. It's also diminished greatly. It took in a tremendous amount of dry air yesterday, and that probably saved us from having what would have been an even more biblical flood than we've already had. Now, I'm hearing uh, estimates as of early this morning of 42 inches of rainfall at the meteorological headquarters down there in Houston. What are some of the rainfall estimates you're hearing in your briefing? Well, I mean, the, you know, I, I'm not even sure how much rain, uh, you know, towns like Dickerson, Clear, uh, Clear Lake, uh, down that area have had. They've had well in excess of 40 inches. Some of the problems we're having right now is the uh, the, the gauging equipment. Like if there's two major dams, Barker Cypress, I mean Barker, and also Attics. Well, the Barker uh, gauge failed because the water was so high. Um, um, so we're literally in uncharted territory, but Chris, it's like with the city of Dickerson. I'm not. I think it's probably completely underwater from what we've seen because they had a tremendous amount of rain last night on top of everything else. But you'll, when we get through with this, we'll have rainfalls that will be up to 50 inches. I mean, think about uh, that. You know, well, it's so, it's well. You and I were were on the radio down on the Houston show, and we were talking about this very thing. How reports that were coming out ahead of the storm forecasting 50 inches of rain uh, they those reports were being mocked and ridiculed and and uh, i mean across not only political circles but also media circles were were tamping down those estimates and it looks like as you look in the rearview mirror hindsight being 2020 it seems those catastrophic estimates were were indeed correct well and and the the real point for this is that there's look I think Lieutenant Governor Patrick said it the best. He he did an interview and said, you know, we take a major hit uh, in a, an area 200 miles from Houston, and then Houston floods. Mm-hmm. So it's equivalent to, you know, a Sandy-type storm going into New York, and then Boston floods. Um, so so this is so unprecedented. Uh, and, um, if, for example, the Corps having make the decision, which is correct, to let the spillway engaged because they can't push any more water down Buffalo Bayou because if they tried, it would just back up like putting a garden hose in a bucket. Okay. Um, It would just start backing up on you. And, you know, so, so a lot of these decisions, um, there, there is no such a thing. We think this is a 500 year event. I've heard it's an 800 year event. Well, we've only taken data for a hundred years. So we're wild. ass. Exactly. No, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Last thing, uh, in your briefings, uh, we have heard estimates of three people who have lost their lives, five people who have lost their lives. Uh, what is the official total that you understand th- thus far, and are there expectations from officials that, that, that the death toll will rise? Um, you know, look, the death toll right now is in the high single digits, and it will rise because not everybody's been, you know, found yet. But this is, uh, for the amount of water, uh, an unbelievably small amount of human life to date. Um, look, I can't even tell you what a good job our first responders have done. And then, you know, the county is engaged with people like uh, Commissioner Cagle and, uh, you know, Judge Emmett. And then the state's engaged from Governor Abbott on down, and we've got, we did, by one estimate, 3,000 water rescues yesterday, not even counting the air rescues. 
I know that is an incredible number. Louisiana's governor is out today, even on CNN yet, praising the federal response to to Texas and to Louisiana. Uh, do you echo his sentiments that uh, President Trump and his team have done a a good job in being there for Texas? Okay, let me tell you directly from Governor Abbott. He sends out a disaster declaration, and it is signed within the same day. So any naysayers, including Sheila Jackson Lee, are just flat-ass wrong. The, the, the federal government with President Trump engaged at maximum speed. He's down here today looking at the damage, I believe, down in Victoria, which would be the big story, Chris, if the 4 million metropolitan Houston area had been flooded. Um, so no question that the, that the federal government, President Trump, FEMA, they're here with real assets. The, the, and of course, Governor Abbott just called out the entire state guard to come down to Houston. Right. Um, and, you know, what we need is everybody's thoughts and prayers and some help uh, because we just need to get the storm out and moving faster so no matter where it goes, it can't dump 40 inches of rain. And the good news is that it's turned off the northeast and it's it's picking up in speed. So, All right. Hey, Paul, you know, I, I know you know how this works. Uh, I'm up against the clock here, so i got to scoot. State Senator Paul Bentoncourt, everybody, District 7. Uh, we'll get you back on, sir. Keep us updated on any new developments as the needs undoubtedly will grow here in future days. Thank you very much for being here on the Salcedo Show. All right. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your, you know, your time and attention. All right. That's how it went earlier on the day, folks. When we get back, I will play some of those sound bites from the Louisiana governor and the praise coming in for the Trump administration from Democrats and from Republicans. Only the partisans are sniping. I'll be right back. Salcedo show on the blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the blaze radio network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Find us on social media, ladies and gentlemen. At Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X as in Texas. Find us on Facebook, the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze.com, the channel section. That's where you can find this program. Coming up today, we're going to try to, as disaster is striking our friends in the south of Texas, a disaster is striking elsewhere around this country. In particular, what's going on out in places like Berkeley as the militant wing of the Democrat Party with the full cover of the of the marketing wing of the Democrat Party, the mainstream press, has undertaken a an effort to silence free speech through threats, intimidation, and violence. Also, the people in North Korea might be a little more uneasy as their crazy dictator has fired off a missile over China, not in the waters adjacent to, over China. It's the first time that's been done in 20 years. Apologists 
for allowing the communists to get away, get away with whatever the hell they want to get away with is say, see, I look at this as a declaration of war. They're, oh, no, no, they've, they've done that before. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's totally cool. Did they have nuclear weapons capability at that time? Da, da, da. I don't know. So that's a game changer in my mind. When you start firing off ICBMs over an ally's territory, now that you've demonstrated you have miniaturization and nuclear weapons capability. Game changer. Uh, Those who, oh, I just want communists to be able to do whatever they want. The United States should just stay out of it. Those people, shut up. Shut up. It is that attitude that has allowed the crazy fat kids country to develop nuclear weapons to begin with, to threaten our interests, our allies, and destabilize an entire region of the world. We'll get into all of that with Herb London. Doug Giles will talk to us about what's happening down south in Texas. He has a very pertinent question to ask. If black lives matter, where is Black Lives Matter? Why is it that we only see other folks getting boats and pitching in and trying to help in a disaster area? Guess Black Lives Matter and their allies in Antifa were too busy out in Berkeley. John Bell Edwards, folks, a Democrat from Louisiana was on CNN today, and to the surprise of the biased reporters on CNN, gave nothing but praise to the Trump administration for their cooperation. And by the way, this is echoed, and I'll play some of this uh, also. But here's John Bell Edwards, a Democrat in Louisiana. Well, first of all, let me tell you, the the federal government has been excellent. Uh, The president has called twice. He signed the declaration we requested within a few hours of our making the request on Sunday evening. Uh, Acting Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Duke, uh, has been wonderful. And and FEMA Administrator uh, Brock has, has been great as well. Yeah. So there is a Democrat. Now here is a Republican in Texas saying much the same thing. I gotta tell you, I give FEMA a grade of A plus, uh, all the way from the president down. As I've, I've spoken to the president several times, uh, to his cabinet members, such as uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, such as the administrator of FEMA, uh, such as uh, Tom Price, the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Uh, and so uh, all across the board, uh, the, 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 from the White House to the federal administration to FEMA, they've been very helpful. Yeah. So. The those who are not ranked partisans like uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and Jim Acosta of CNN, those people uh, can always be counted on to snipe and nothing is ever good enough. But those who are responsible for people's lives, uh, they have given the president nothing but high marks. The president was on the ground in Corpus Christi today, an area cleared by the storm to tour the damage. And before he left Washington, he said this. We are one American family. We hurt together. We struggle together. And believe me, we endure together. We are one family. To the people of Texas and Louisiana, we are 100% with you. We're praying for you. We're working closely with your leaders and officials. 
president of the United States, uh, I guess in a couple of words, on it, taking care of it. He has some other challenges, too. A rather full Chris Salcedo show coming up next on the Blaze Radio Network. Stick with me. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Hey, uh, thank you folks who jumped in on Twitter. If I said China, that was a complete boo-boo on my part. Uh, I might have been thinking China is going to be crucial to fixing this North Korean problem. The missiles were fired over Japan. Our ally, Japan. So if I said China, uh, that was my that was my mistake, and allow me to correct this. This intercontinental ballistic missile flew over 400 miles in the air, traveled a distance of 1,700 miles over Japan's airspace. It's the first time it's happened in over 20 years. And those who don't want us to do anything about it are saying, oh, 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 they've done it before. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. Don't overreact. These are the same people that we listened to that gave us a nuclear-armed North Korea to begin with. So I am, uh, I am not inclined to listen to those voices who have uh, done so much damage to us. Uh, the politics that are floating around out there uh, surrounding Hurricane Harvey are being driven by not only Democrats, partisan Democrats. I can't say all Democrats because you guys just heard from John Bell Edwards of Louisiana. But I can say partisan liberal extremist Democrats like Sheila Jackson Lee and Jim Acosta of CNN. And the media itself, the basket of biased press itself. You know, I, I have to say this. I am astonished, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I am astonished at the level of ignorance on display that those who claim to be smart people in the press, but they can't tell the difference between weather and climate. And excuse me, folks, I'm watching a scene right now playing out live on Fox Folks being evacuated from their homes. Levees are failing. There's a, an addict's dam that is in... Well, it's, if you guys think of, a, think of a circle. It's not exactly a circle, but the Houston Metroplex. Uh, on a map, you're looking at it on a map. And on the mid-western portion of the circle, that's where this dam is. Everything below that, which is to the south and to the west the southwestern corner of of houston is now under the gun because the the attic's dam is is breaching uncontrolled release of water and these neighborhoods are 
in trouble. It's um, it's heartbreaking to watch. Sorry, that just caught me. It just caught out of the corner of my eye. And these stories of hope too. Uh, as individuals come from all over from all over the country with their boats, with their flat bottom boats, with their outboard boats. The uh, I guess the more the more famous one would be the ones uh, that the Cajun, the Cajun Navy coming in from Louisiana. A lot of these folks. Here's some irony for you. A lot of these folks came to Houston and settled in Houston after Hurricane Katrina. So at any rate, folks, this is um, this is this is heartbreaking, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Thankfully, forecasters are saying this is the last day of direct rain from Harvey in this region. But the runoff is going to be, well, the death toll now stands at 15 from what I understand from a press conference held by Houston officials today. And I would expect those numbers to go higher. So here comes the media in the midst of all of this suffering and all of this pain, wanting to make sure they drive the fiction of man-made global warming home. That... And again, the ignorance of these people never ceases to amaze me, who can't tell the difference between climate and weather. Is there a why to this? Why there is so much water associated with this storm? One of the things we've heard from scientists over the last 10 years is that climate change does impact the intensity of many of the storms that we see. I probably wouldn't attribute what we're looking at here. This is not an uncommon occurrence. (laughs) So the guests on the program who have their own reputations, unlike the basket of biased press who never have to worry about their own worthless reputations. Um, the guest says, no, I don't think you can blame this on uh, man-made global warming. Could climate change be fueling the history-making nature of this storm? It's a question a lot of people are wondering. So watch out. There could be more monster hurricanes to come. And that's that the theory that climate change is impacting all of this. Yes, the theory. It's not proven, but it's a theory. Not proven, but go ahead and keep spouting it off, you ignorant wretches. Well, we're not sure. The local officials in Houston didn't have any plans to study the effects of climate change in the city or think about whether the city needs to plan for more frequent and more intense rainstorms, which most scientists say are a sure thing. We do have a changing climate. We do have warming waters. With warming waters, you get more uh, moisture coming into the atmosphere. And what hurricanes absolutely love is moisture because that gives them rainfall. And that's what's happened in this situation with Hurricane Harvey. Sure. There the, is no doubt right. that climate change makes, because of, particularly because of warming the ocean waters and the Gulf waters, makes storms like this more common. Two weeks ago, Heavy- President Trump signed an executive order rolling back an Obama-era uh, regulation which required all government construction to take into account the flood risk which was being caused and the future flood risk being caused uh, by climate change and rising ocean temperatures and sea levels. Um, the timing now seems almost ironic. But bigger picture, explain why this could be more to do with climate change. That since 1989, uh, what they call a hundred year storm, a storm that's only supposed to happen once in a hundred years, since 1989 that's happened six times. Everyone is saying this is the storm of the century, the 500 year storm. Twelve years ago was Katrina. We've had now three storms in 12 years. (laughs) Three storms in 12 years. This is happening more frequently. 
This is the first major hurricane to strike the United States in 12 years. Oh, it's happening all the time. <laughs> Can even in their own reporting, they don't realize how how big of idiots they are being portrayed are are putting themselves out there to be. This is this is insanity. Every three years, and you know what does every hurricane season say? Oh, expect this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. Well, every twelve years they say uh, this is going to be the year. They finally they're right. One hit, and all the experts say you can't you can't blame this on man-made global warming. That we're as bad as this, and a lot of Democrats will be saying, you know, climate change is actually, um, this is the kind of flooding you would predict based on the, the climate change model. Oh, good grief. And nobody's debating whether or not the climate is changing, and thank God it is. Thank God the climate changed. What's at issue is here is man's paltry contribution to CO2. Is that what is driving the change? And that is what is up for debate. But these idiots jump on TV. Debate's over. No, it's not over. It hasn't even begun yet because your side hasn't even provided any proof. Man-made climate change is a myth. That's the Republican Party is united on that. And I think one question we should ask. even It's not a myth. No, it's not. It's unproven. That's what conservatives say. We're not going to base our entire economy on your gosh blessed theory. Come up with some definitive proof. And folks, the reason why I know that they know this isn't the, this isn't the case, because if CO2 is irrevocably changing our climate, then liberals would be calling to go to war with China. Because China is the world's largest emitter of CO2. And if they are killing the planet with their unregulated, dirty, dirty energy production, much dirtier than ours, ours is incredibly clean in comparison. Then liberal extremists would be saying, we've got to stop China by whatever means necessary. They're destroying the planet. But no, all we hear is, we have to destroy America. We have to destroy American capitalism. That's all we hear. That's why I know these progressives in and out of the press are full of crap. If the Republican Party isn't asking that, is what is the role of man-made climate change in disasters like this one? It doesn't necessarily create storms like this, but does it increase the intensity of these storms? You know, climate change is part of this story. <laughs> our montage provided lovingly by our pals over at Grabian. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people right now as I'm speaking being rescued out of their homes. And here comes the basket of biased press. Oh, I, yeah, the Republicans, they're the ones that are causing all of this. And the idiots tried to lay down the predicate before the rain even started falling. This was all going to be Trump's fault. And unlike Bush, Trump fought back. Trump made sure everything he was doing was being publicized. Bush just went about and did his job, you know. Heck of a job, Brownie, became an anthem for the political left. This time, 
Trump said, you know, no, I'm not going to let these left wing kooks in and out of the press define me. That's why they can't stand him. I'll be right back. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, folks. Uh, yes, I am aware of the Joel Osteen controversy. We've reached out to the pastor down there in uh, Houston. Long story short, his church has escaped so far uh, being flooded. It's a mega church. It's huge. And he shut the doors, saying that nobody can get to it. All the roads are impassable. Uh, others counter, Joel, everybody's getting around by boats, not by cars, sir. And folks are in need of shelter. So, and there are unconfirmed reports out there that he has lamented and changed his mind, but I, or, or uh, relented, I should say, and changed his mind. I don't know. But that's, that's a controversy, excuse me, going on all over the place right now with uh, Joel Osteen. Let me get out to New York, White Plains. Rich, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. What say you, man? Hey, Chris. How are we doing? Uh, well, a lot better than our friends in Houston, that's for sure. Yes, it's, it's a very sad um very sad to see what's going on, you know, there and, and how the people are suffering. Uh, but what's even sadder is, um, like you said, how uh, uh, the global warming people are politicizing this. And, you know, appropriately enough, it reminds me of um, a senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, who on the Senate floor posed a question to the head of the Sierra Club, quote, how do you address the fact that in the last 18 years, the satellite data shows no demonstrable warming whatsoever? And um, to that, the head of the Sierra Club, um, you know, I can't do it justice about how he uh, could not answer the question. Uh, all you have to do is go to YouTube and Google uh, or and search Ted Cruz Sierra Club, and you can watch it for yourself. But the man has he has no answer to that question about uh, a satellite data showing 18 years of no demonstrable warming i'm with you yeah i, I remember that uh as a matter of fact cruz was was dismantling the sierra club uh novice uh with every with every pointed question i think i remember that hearing and the, he just the the, the sierra club and a lot of folks on the left use emotion rather than science to try to make their case. And here was a very sharp prosecutorial uh, cross-examination, if you will, from the likes of Ted Cruz. And it did n nothing that they were trying to shove down our throats stood up to muster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, another, another point about, you know, um, hurricanes... Um, you know, disasters like this. We had Hurricane um, uh, Sandy up by me. Um, I, I, I think that what happens is people grow insensitive because some of the news media tend to blow every weather event out of proportion, and you have a uh, a boy who cried wolf effect um, to people receiving um, news 
uh, that you know catastrophic news about the weather, and they disregard it. Yeah, you know what, and I don't see that's one thing. But Rich, you know, we, there was a there was a mayor inside of Houston that was, despite all of the predictions from from weather folks saying this was going to be a major catastrophic event. He was downplaying it and telling folks don't don't hit the roads and don't leave. So and again, there there is a legitimate reason why he might want to do that uh, because of, you know, a, a city that size or a region that size trying to evacuate on four roads, four highways that leave that area. But there was a way many people believe on the state side that uh, that, that you could have metered that from the areas that were to, that were prone to flood first Get them out first, and then as other areas began to flood, get those other areas out. Because right now, nobody got out, and Houston is an absolute mess. Thanks for the call, buddy. That's going to do it for the Carcel Sato Show this hour. we got one more hour left coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. Stick around. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Mr. Ambassador, this is highly provocative. Some would call it an act of war. Well, but it's nothing new. And I think that's important for people to understand. This is how North Korea behaves when it does not yet have the confirmed capability to drop nuclear warheads on targets across the United States. So if you don't like their behavior now, just imagine how it will be if the outcome of the present crisis is that we leave North Korea with its continuing ballistic missile and nuclear weapons programs. That's Ambassador John Bolton talking with FBN's Stuart Varney. Uh, after we got word yesterday that the North Koreans have fired a missile not toward, not in the ocean around, but over Japan. Let's talk about this and many other issues facing uh, the United States abroad. Uh, Herb London, president of the London Center for Policy Research, responsible for creating the Gallatin School of Individualized Study in 1972, was its dean until 92. Herb London is a graduate of Columbia University and the recipient of a Ph.D. from New York University. Dr. London has appeared in every major newspaper and journal in our nation. He's also an author and a playwright, so multifaceted guy. Pleasure to welcome you back to the uh, Chris Salcedo Show, Mr. London. Well, thank you. Always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. Let's, uh, let's talk about this. Now, I, I watched a rather interesting exchange between uh, Guy Benson and Town Hall, and I think it was uh, a Washington Post contributor, Charles Lane last night on Fox discussing this very issue. And, and it seemed, and again, I, I think it was Charles Lane, so don't, but don't quote me on this. It was somebody of the more progressive leaning saying, oh, come on, North Korea's done this kind of thing before. No big deal seemed to be the implication. Is he right? He's wrong. I mean, it is a big deal. I mean, I think Ambassador Bolton has it exactly right. If, in fact, we're willing to tolerate this situation, can you imagine when the North Koreans become even more sophisticated? At the moment, almost all of the intelligence agencies would tell you that the last ICBM 
even with a, a modified nuclear warhead on the ICBM itself, could probably reach Chicago. Well, it's only a question of time before it could reach New York and reach every one of the, the capitals in the United States. I mean, it's absurd to suggest that we can simply avert our gaze to this problem. This is a problem that's not going away. The North Koreans now have the technical capability of reaching North America. That's a given. They probably have the capable tech- technical capability of miniaturizing a nuclear device and putting it in an ICBM. That, too, is a probability. Now, if you know that, this is very different from the past. In the past, the North Koreans did not possess this kind of technical capability, and we could avert our gaze or, to use another metaphor, kick the can down the road. And that's exactly what our predecessors as president did. But this is a different circumstance. What Donald Trump, President Trump, has inherited is a very different set of conditions in which Kim Jong-un not only engages in threats, but has the capability of realizing those threats. This is a different set of conditions. Yeah, I said uh, fairly the same thing earlier on in the program, and that's and that's what makes this a very serious provocation and why the Japanese seem to be taking this very seriously. The uh, South Koreans seem to be taking this very seriously, and I, and I have every reason to believe the administration, our administration, the Trump administration, is taking it seriously as well. Who doesn't seem to be taking it seriously are progressives in this country who seem to always side with those who want to do harm to Western civilization. Uh, in, all your, in all your years of study, what is the genesis of this animosity between those on the left toward the West? Well, what you now have is the full realization of the, uh, the, the kind of uh, attitude that has existed among the Frankfurt School for a considerable period, where, in fact, the left is arguing, using all of the Marxist memes, that what we have in the United States today is a, is a, is a nation made up of exploiters, of colonialists, of people who are fascists. This is the belief on the part of the left. As a consequence, we've got to destroy this president and we've got to destroy this system. This is a wholesale operation designed to undermine the character of the America of Western civilization and, of course, the character of this presidency. Trump is merely the, the, the tip of the proverbial iceberg. And if you look at the work that has been done in the past, over the last 50, 60 years, it is very clear that from Antonio Gramsci to Alinsky to the present Frankfurt School, there is no doubt about the hostility to the West where, in fact, they're perfectly willing to use a language that will undermine the character of Western civilization. Tolerance is intolerance. War is peace. Uh, Almost any condition that you would suggest is topsy-turvy, turned on its head by the new avatars of language thought. And this is what is happening. Newspeak of what Orwell talked about is with us, and clearly with us in a rather profound way. And so, uh, again, none of this is surprising to me, the hostility that is designed against the West could even embrace a Kim Jong-un, or for that matter, anyone else. You have the watermelon alliance that's taken place in America with the Islamists and, of course, the Red Guard, our version of the Red Guard, with Black Lives Matter and, ho- and hostile left-wing groups working together. Well, you would think that they would be very much opposed to one another, but the one general aim they have is undermining our civilization, and that, on that matter, they can work together. Yeah, don't forget Antifa and that as well. Herb London, everybody. Yeah, he's the president of the London Center for Policy Research. So now let's let's pivot to what we can do. We've got 
Uh, those uh, allies and most um, immediate threat from North Korea, which is, of course, Japan and South Korea. And as you mentioned aptly, the United States is no longer uh, insulated from missiles armed with nuclear weapons hitting our shores as well. Uh, there are those who suggest that that arming the South Koreans, that arming the the, the Japanese with with uh, nuclear weapons is a a fantastic deterrent to not only the North, but would also uh, prompt the the Chinese to get up off their their communist rear ends and do something. Do you agree? I do. I mean, I think that one of the things that would alarm the Chinese is a Japanese, a J- Japan armed with nuclear weapons. We change the correlation of forces in Asia. It would send a message to the Chinese that the Japanese cannot possibly tolerate a situation where the North Koreans possess nuclear weapons and they do not have a deterrent. An older generation remembering Nagasaki and Hiroshima is obviously opposed to nuclear weapons, and that's understandable. Article 9 in the Japanese Constitution prohibits it. But I think President Abe has got to talk to the Japanese population about thinking through a different kind of attitude today. And that attitude would include the creation of a Japanese deterrent. They have the FISAL material. It would take about a month for them to develop nuclear weapons. That's uh, that soon. And in fact, if you look at a missile fired from Pyongyang to Fukuoka, take about 11 minutes. Since the Japanese constitution talks about consultation in the parliament when, for any kind of con- counterattack, the Japanese can only say the missiles are coming. What can you say in 11 minutes? They need a deterrent. And I think the Japanese people are starting to understand that. And I think President Abe understands it as well, even though changing the Constitution is invariably a ticklish political situation. Right. And there, there could be a way around this as military bases are considered American territory that we have there on Japan. We could deploy in the interim our own tactical mid-range ICBMs that would uh, protect the Japanese uh, um, until they got their constitutional uh, debates in order. Uh, that, that could be a way around this, yes? Well, no, it's a very good point. It's an excellent point. I think that's exactly right. And those kind of deliberations have already taken place. There has been some discussion about Okinawa and other American bases, where, in fact, the deployment would take place on the American base and, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a consequence, provide a kind of cover for Abe. But I yeah. think you're absolutely right. It's a very, very good point. All right. Herb London, everybody, president of the London Center for Policy Research. It's always an honor to talk with you, sir. We'll get you on soon. I look forward to it. Always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. Thank you, sir. You too. Bye-bye. All right, folks, coming up, uh, Doug Giles asked the question, with all the suffering and pain going on in Houston, why, why don't we see Antifa or Black Lives Matter picking up boats or, or, or getting involved in the rescuing effort if they're so good for America? Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. The antidote to the Brian Williams Press. The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. What's up? We're hungry we got for supremacists. Huh? We're real hungry right? for supremacists. Huh? We're not. Then there's more of us. You guys are all <laughs> racist mother. Y'all tough for Washington. Okay. Um, 
That is typical of the fascists who claim to be anti-fascists. Let me just explain this to you, ladies and gentlemen. That when you say, I'm an anti-fascist, and you behave in a manner that puts you in company with the Third Reich, you are a fascist, despite your proclamations to the contrary. Now, there are those out there in the the basket of biased press who will say, hey, they say they're anti-fascists, so they're anti-fascists. Because they're leftists, they get excused. They, the, the basket of biased press would never believe a conservative said, hey, look, I'm, I'm pro-American, I'm pro-Constitution. Oh, well, let's look at you. You just really hate black people, don't you? <laughs> you see the difference? Uh, that was an example from Berkeley this last weekend. And you li- listen, to the, listen to the guttural savagery of these animals. What's up? We're hungry we for supremacists. Huh? We're real there? hungry for supremacists. Huh? We're real hungry. We're real hungry for supremacists. Yeah. Um, does it sound like they are intelligent folk? Does it sound like they have America's best interest at heart? I would say no. Campus reform was on Fox yesterday and pretty much laid down the law. These, these Antifa protesters, no, I'm sorry, they got me doing it. These Antifa terrorists, they were given the green light to kick the crap out of conservatives, peaceful conservatives who were there, most of them praying for freedom of speech. I think it's unfortunate that uh, so many news publications have refused to cover this growing and pressing issue. If we look at who are doing these attacks, who are stomping conservatives on the ground and bloodying them, they are mostly non-students. There are actually violent gangs coming up from Oakland, conscripted by Antifa, to hunt Republicans in the streets. Make no mistake, uh, this is a pressing issue and it needs more coverage. Luckily, campus reform has uh, helped bring this story to light and people are are waking up if you look at the petition signed by over a quarter million people calling on the federal government to recognize antifa for what it is a terrorist organization and we are wondering why the trump administration has not formally declared antifa black lives matter the kkk white supremacists and their actions as domestic terrorists. They're all equal in my mind. They're all equal in actions, in violence, and in depravity. And also their anti-American actions. A domestic terrorist organization, uh, you'll see that, again, no one is fooled. We know exactly who is doing this. These anti-fascist organizations are conscripting violent criminals to basically make it impossible to be a conservative on a liberal campus. It's a sad day when students just to stand up for what they believe in, have to face the very real possibility of severe injury or even death. And I just want to call out the mayor of Berkeley and the chancellor of the university. I want to tell them that you should stop telling the police to stand down and protect all Americans, regardless of their political ideology. And we would echo that to all of the, those in positions of authority and power out in Berkeley. Shame on you, you classless reprobates, you anti-American nutbags. How dare you try to criminalize conservatism and then allow your Antifa thugs. We've said this before that the KKK used to be the Democrats militant arm. It's been replaced now by Antifa. 
So you've got the Democrat Party, their militant arm, Antifa, and their propaganda arm, the, the basket of biased press, covering for Antifa. You all see the pattern. One protester decided he was there. He was the one that was holding up his hands, saying, we just want free speech. I'm not trying to get violent with you people. And he paid the price. And I'm just wondering, you know, moderate left, like how long are you going to stay silent on Antifa? Okay. Uh, the politicians, the mayor of Berkeley, the mayor in San Francisco, Nancy Pelosi, you know, Feinstein, all of you, how long are you going to stay silent on Antifa? Because in their silence, it's almost like, it's almost like they're just using Antifa to their benefit to attack free speech. Well, they're cowards. They're, that's exactly right. They're cowards. That was uh, Tucker Carlson. And he was talking to this one guy who was out there. And that is an apt description of Nancy Pelosi and of Chuck Schumer and of the Democrat Party writ large who, who have refused to condemn actions like beating people up with whom you politically disagree, actions like burning down property to stop speeches, uh, actions like using pepper spray to stop free speech, actions like throwing bottles of urine and chemicals, corrosive chemicals, to silence those with whom you politically disagree, to silence free speech. And the Democrat Party has not condemned an attack on religious people who were out in Berkeley, who, were ju who just said, we have an alternate point of view. We think free speech is good, and here comes Antifa. It's not because... Those individuals were racists. None of them were racists. They were out there calling for free speech. And the free speech is what got Antifa upset because Antifa doesn't want free speech. And to be quite frank, neither do their masters, the Democrat Party. Neither do their propaganda artists in the basket of biased press otherwise you guys would be hearing stories about this from cnn you'd be hearing stories about this every night from abc nbc and cbs but you don't you don't they would like their viewers and their listeners to believe that the only thing that exists out there is white supremacists kkk and others let me tell you antifa outnumbers and Black Lives Matter together outnumber white supremacists, outnumber the KKK. Hands down. These violent organizations. One of the most upsetting things I've seen on tape is a long in a long time is the end of the video that we just showed where you're walking backward with your hands up. Someone throws a bottle of urine at you. Someone else hits you. There are police officers directly behind you. They do nothing. And then you wind up in handcuffs. Now, the, the explanation, I think, for this is, uh, and you're going to hear the guest get into it. The cops have been given the stand-down order from their leftists in charge of the government out in Berkeley, these anti-American leftist kooks. They've been given the stand-down order. You will not restrict Antifa. And Antifa shows up with masks, two-by-fours with nails in the end of them. And th these are Nancy Pelosi's people, ladies and gentlemen. These are the government of Berkeley's people. This is who they protect and who they covet. 
And the police say, are told, don't interfere. But men and women in blue seeing injustice can't comply directly with those orders, so they have to do it indirectly. So what do you do? You place under arrest those who are being harassed, those who are being beaten up, those who are being abused. You place them under arrest. Antifa declares victory, and you spirit the others away. The peaceful protesters away. How did that happen? I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to just de-escalate the situation. And I think that we're, that we're also in a secure area too, so I think they just want to put cuffs on us and walk us away to kind of see what's going on. Um, once they understood the situation, they took the cuffs off and they just started rinsing us off in a hose because we're, we're, I was pepper sprayed like five times. Yeah. So the cops are trying to do the right thing. And if they had to arrest innocent people to do it, to get them out of harm's way, they were going to do it. Doug Giles, next. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you've chosen to uh, make us part of your day here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, coming up, we'll uh, I'll try to put a wrap on the program and we'll uh, give you some of the very latest we've been getting, trying to glean during the commercial breaks uh, from what's happening down in in the hurricane zone uh, down there. And you know, the good news is this thing is pulling out. This thing is pulling out of the region. The bad, the bad news is what it's left behind, and we'll get into all that coming up. Meantime, our buddy Doug Giles, he's the founder and editor of ClashDaily.com and author of uh, the wild new books, The Effeminization of the American Male and also a coloring book for college crybabies. Mr. Giles, welcome back to the Salcedo Show, man. It's been a while. Chris, how you doing, big dog? Doing well, sir. Thank you very much. First off, I know that uh, you have a lot of ties here to Texas. I think I think you've done uh, some hunting down this way, and uh, just your thoughts on what you're seeing take place down in South Texas. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but I moved uh, to the Austin area two years ago, and um, we got walloped up here. I mean, we're three hours away from Rockport and Port Aransas. Uh, Twenty inches of rain here, but again, nothing obviously like what's going on in Houston. I think it's uh, I think it's heart wrenching, and um, you know at the same time you're seeing uh, even though CNN and Rachel Maddow over at MSLSD would like to describe our nation as incredibly race torn and cleaved, I'm looking at uh, blacks, whites, Hispanics, everybody and their dog man coming together down in the Houston area, Corpus area, all up and down the Gulf Coast and helping each other, bringing their own boats. I mean it's it's madness but i'm telling you what uh for people who know texans that's typical man they yeah. bust their butts they roll up their sleeves they get crap done you know we had uh, calls on the north texas show individuals uh calling in from dallas fort worth saying one guy says you know what man i i was pulling out onto the roadway and there were a line of about 40 trucks 
Uh, they just did. He goes, I stopped counting at 40 people with boats, people with uh, four four wheel drive vehicles. They were all heading south no. down there, down there to help out their fellow man. Every color, creed and and faith was headed down that way. It, it is a stark contrast to the divisive America that you're right. MSNBS and and CNN and others like to paint this country. Yeah, I, uh, again, I don't um, uh, I don't take my cue from those clowns. So. Kind of, it kind of um, tips a hat to me, uh, Chris, that the nation isn't as divided as um, you know Antifa and uh, Anderson Cooper wants us to believe. <laughs> and you know, when you get these intense trials, when you get uh, you know the pressure on like it is uh, down in the Houston area, southeast Texas, uh, then true colors uh, come forth. You know, you, you don't know what's in an orange, an orange man until you squeeze it. Well, Houston area is getting squeezed, and what we're seeing, instead of, uh, like you said, the division and all the other garbage that the left is trying to foist on us poor rubes here in middle America, you see nothing but love, sacrifice, and, uh, you know, you're talking about the boat, uh, the trucks and the boats lined up. Uh, we've got a buddy who does outfitting, uh, duck hunting and stuff. What they did is, just like you said, man, they hitched up their, their flat-bottom boats and Frickin' drove into the storm. That's the America that uh, that we love. That's the America that the left despises. We just pull rubes, Chris. We don't know any better. We just drive in our little boats, you know, and do our little thing. Yet when the crap hits the fan, who's the first to respond? That kind of good old Southern Texas spirit. That's who. And again, yeah. it's helping. They're not white people helping white people and blacks only helping blacks man it's everybody help everybody and i think that's the great narrative but if you turn over to the quote-unquote media uh you'll hear them talking about global warming instead of these heroic acts <laughs> i know we played that we played a montage earlier it was just it was they're so pathetic they really are pathetic they and don't i talked to you brother they i know, know there's, there's so much good news and this horrible horrible bad news and it's coming from every sector rich poor black white hispanic uh, Trump's in the middle of it. You also got uh, Governor Greg Abbott, uh, Dan Patrick, our lieutenant governor, all of them hands on deck, Texas kicking butt, and they don't know what to report. Now, you're absolutely right. I talked to the vice president just yesterday. He came on the program and said that he and the president have been so inspired by everything that you just said, how every man, woman, and child dog is pitching in a hand, regardless of color or creed, to help out other men, women, children, dogs, cattle, whatever. And, and it's just, it, it's amazing. As a matter of fact, it was a foreign dignitary in town uh, speaking with President Donald Trump, and he commented how amazed he was at how this country comes together. And th that's the narrative that so many in the divisive press, and we all know who they are, folks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN. That's the narrative they can't afford to get out. By the way, Doug Giles, our guest right now, founder and editor of ClashDaily.com. And you made a couple of observations about who, <laughs> who are down there putting their lives on the line, spending their money, spending their time, spending their gas, and you've observed who's not down there. Yeah, Chris, um, uh, I hate to be a quote-unquote, um, what's the word, uh, blue-eyed white devil, um, what else, <laughs> Islamophobe, xenophobe, uh, hater, racist, whatever bigot. the left's called. Bigot, yeah. I forgot yep. bigot. Yep. But Chris, I noticed that the Antifa thugs and the Black Lives Matter uh, race baiters, they're not helping folks devastated by Hurricane Harvey. I haven't seen them show up. And their little black dicky jeans and their black hooded sweaters, 
their sweatshirts and their black face masks and their Hello Kitty shields and their and their batons. They're nowhere to be found. It seems like the only place you can find these guys at universities sucker punching somebody who wants to have a prayer rally. But no, in what in regards in I hope your audience really pays attention to this in regards to boots on the ground helping all of these fascist vandals are nowhere to be found. Yeah, you know what? I I think that uh, the the chief economic advisor to President Donald Trump, he called those individuals. I, I think you've got to be wrong, Doug, because uh, this uh, guy named Gary Cohn, who is the again the chief economic advisor to President Trump, he actually said that Antifa is out there fighting for liberty and freedom. So you must be mistaken. They must be lining up to help people ravaged by this storm. You know, if they are, uh, I missed it today, but I, you know, I got to tell you, Chris, I scour the bowels of the internet and there, there's nary a piece <laughs> out of Antifa. Some, somebody ought to tell this reprobate Gary Cohn that the people that he say are out there fighting for liberty and freedom are actually the ones hurling urine and acid and beating up people who are praying for free speech. Somebody ought to let, somebody ought to let the Trump administration know that Gary Cohn has his head so far up his rear end, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Somebody ought to say that. Chris, I believe you just did, man. Hey, oh, and also, um, also remember um, little Marco Rubio and Mitt Romney and, and John McCain <laughs> and a lot of the never Trumpkins. Trumpkins yeah. mm-hmm. They also said that you know that therefore they're anti-hate and you know they love Hello Kitty dolls and whatever other crap they said. <laughs> uh, here's here's something that's awesome. A little a little silver lining on a dark cloud, Chris. Washington Post reported late last night that the Antifa crowds violently attacked uh, the people at the prayer rally in Berkeley. That's Washington Post, man. And they're like a bad shopping cart. No matter what direction you push them, they're always going to go to the left. And uh, they're, they're, finally, they're finally admitting it. Uh, well, well, it was a page eight story for crying out loud. I mean, well, they, come they, on, Chris. One small step for man, one <laughs> giant leap for Washington Post. Very good. Okay, I, I'll, you know, I'll give them credit. You know, unlike uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN, the Washington Post did uh, stumble on a random act of journalism. That's uh, that's for sure. Uh, Doug Giles. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I love it when Reuters said that they're peace activists, and then CNN had to retract their headline. They're they're enacting peace through violence. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Come again. Peace through violence. That's that. That's uh, that's different. Um, Doug Giles, everybody, founder and editor of ClashDaily.com. Sir, it is always a pleasure talking with you. We'll do it again. Stay rowdy, Chris. All right, uh, folks. Uh, yeah, stay rowdy. I love that. I love that saying from him. Uh, I got to give you guys some uh, some information here because uh, the, the the weather patterns have been a little strange as of late, have they not? Winter's coming a little earlier in some places, coming a little later in others. And what does that mean? Well, the pollen counts are all over the place. Those of you who are counting on the winter months, killing off the pollen, that's not good. And if you're an allergy sufferer like I am, you're going to need to make sure your HVAC filters are changed properly and on a regular basis. I used to worry about this. I used to forget all the time. But I don't anymore because I found FilterBuy.com. Now, the, the cool thing about FilterBuy.com is... I order my filters and I set them on a rotating schedule so they will basically deliver the filters right to my doorstep, right when I need them. So I don't have to worry about, uh, I can set it 
and forget it. I don't have to worry about remembering to change out my filters every three months. With filterby.com, going out to the big box stores is a thing of the past. No more looking for the magic number on a, on a messy store shelf. No reading reviews online trying to figure out what a Merv or an NPR is. Um, that's MPR, as in Mary. MPR. At filterby.com, they show you the filter that your house needs, and it ships however many you need within 24 hours. And by the way, that shipping absolutely free and you business owners out there this is this service is directly for you because how much space are you setting aside right now to store all your filters i mean some of you cats you're changing out seven eight fifteen filters every three months and you got to store them in a storage room not anymore filterby.com you get them delivered right to your doorstep you Throw out the old, put in the new, and it is slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, all done. When was the last time you changed the filters in your HVAC system? Go to filterby.com, get any size, no matter how weird or outdated your system is, at the best price, shipped to you for free within 24 hours. Made right here in the good old U.S. of A, folks. It's a no-brainer when you go with filterby.com. All right, uh, we'll put a wrap on the show coming up next. Chris Salcedo show here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's your Radio Republic. Be heard. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, the Houston police chief announcing the, the death of a first responder. Uh, our Cajun Navy, you know, our American Cajun Navy. Uh, these guys are the ones who came in from Louisiana, got their boats, fueled them all up, came over to help out Houston, who took on so many of their citizens during Katrina. <laughs> that helped us look for him. So um, we couldn't find him. And uh, once our dive team got there, it was too treacherous to, to go under and look for him. So we made a decision to leave officers there uh, waiting until the morning because as much as we wanted to recover him last night, we could not put another more officers at risk. The death toll is risen by one, and this one's a first responder. They're all great losses, as you could hear. The brotherhood of police officers and our prayers go out to Chief Art Acevedo and all the men who he's leading right now in what may go down as this, as this country's biggest natural disaster. And what I mean by big is folks affected and cost. Uh, and the program like this, Daily Caller... And I can't play the audio as much as I want to because my understanding is there's cursing in this audio. But CNN correspondent, this is uh, Jimmy Acosta was anchoring and there was somebody that was on the, on the ground out in Houston. CNN correspondent to continue to ask questions and touch the mother's arm as she and her daughter were crying. And let me, I can play the question that really set off this mother. 
You're with your children. We've heard of stories of, of mothers trying to save their children from the rushing waters. Can you ex tell us how we that was? For yeah, <laughs> this is where it gets a little dicey, folks. We walked through four feet of water, she says, to get food the first day, the mother said. Clearly annoyed at this point. Yeah, that's a lot of excrement, and I'm cleaning that up, says the mom. And then she goes on, but you're all still here. You're all trying to interview people during their worst times. Like, that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, people are really breaking down, and y'all are sitting here with cameras and microphones trying to ask us what the blank is wrong with us, she continued. And you're really trying to understand with a microphone still in my face with my shivering cold, with my child, with my kids wet, and you're still putting that microphone in my face. CNN immediately cut back to uh, little Jimmy Acosta, who awkwardly said they would go back to the correspondent later because of the, quote, upset family. Yes, they're upset, Jimmy Acosta. You know, not only is this guy a, a leftist and a terrible journalist, he also has a wonderful command of the obvious. Doesn't he? But um, perhaps that wasn't the right question to ask. CNN, I'm surprised you didn't ask her about, do you blame Donald Trump? Do you blame man-made global warming? Who do you blame for all of this? I'm, I'm very surprised we didn't see that from CNN. Uh, that, don't don't worry, ladies. That, that that's coming. <laughs> wow, karma. Remember, everybody, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out of control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. You folks down south, you stay safe in Texas. Rest of y'all, but back tomorrow, three o'clock Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.